Hey there, how do I know if I love my sin more than God? Good question. And others, this week on Ask. Join us. Welcome back to Ask. I'm Pastor Jamie. This is Cornerstone Church. This is where you ask questions. You go to cornerstonebv.org. You go to the uh, media page, Ask. You submit your question. If you have them, other people do too. You know the drill by now. We need your questions. Let's get to it, right? Um, somebody uh, asked a question. I'm not sure if you meant it for Ask or not, but they didn't leave an email, so it's about the only way I can uh, correspond to you. And that is, uh, do we have Awana? It's a great program that a lot of churches have. And we do have Awana. Um, we don't have it right now because of COVID. We were not able to, you know, do it safely because uh, it usually encompasses a lot of children and leaders and so unfortunately it's one of the things COVID took away from Cornerstone this year but certainly uh, as we move out of it hopefully and probably next fall we will have a WANA or some type of program like it uh, so be on the lookout for that and let us know uh, certainly feel free to contact us directly if you have questions about that, we'd love to correspond with you and how we can help you raise your kids in Christ, right? Okay, so uh, let's get to that question I just teased. How do I know if I love my sin more than I love God? So th this is a great question, but the question itself is a little bit flawed to me. And again, it is a great question, but how you asked it, basically anything that I love more than God is an idol and therefore a sin. So how do you know if you love your sin more than God? Well, it really anything you, that you put before God is sinful by biblical standards, right? Even if it's benign, right? So obviously it's obvious sinful things, you know, drunkenness or, or drug abuse or whatever, pornography, whatever it might be, but more benign things or good things, right? Like um, benign thing might be sports. Sports is a fine hobby. I like sports. Put it before God. Love it more than God. Pursue it more than God. Idol sin. Uh, something that's really good in my life that I should love. My wife, my children. I should. I should love them with all my heart, but I should not love them more than God. If I do, they're an idol, and it's actually dangerous to them to put them on the throne of your life, to expect your wife or your husband to do for you and fulfill you in ways that only God can is so much pressure that they can never fulfill, and it will hurt your marriage. The same with your kids. You end up smothering them when you make them God. They are, uh, I'm sure they're wonderful, precious little children um, or teenagers or young adults, but they are not God, and they make terrible gods just like you and me. So they become idols. Therefore, it's um, sin. So what do we need to do? The Bible says we need to seek the Lord with all of our heart and understanding. This does not mean you shouldn't love your kids or even have really enjoy hobbies, music or sports, right? But as long as you are seeking the Lord in his word, in prayer, in worship, in church, in Bible studies, and just seeking him, like I want what God wants. I want you, God, every day. You know, you're seeking the Lord. It will all fall in line that he is above those other things. And so therefore, you're not loving anything more than God. Now, when it comes to sinful things, because again, I'm not really sure what you meant fully by the question, but when it comes to sinful things, things we know are sinful, how do I know I love them more than God? Well, are you struggling with it, right? Are you feeling guilty? Do you confess that sin? Yes, you do it again, but then you, you confess it again. I mean, I've had those things, those struggles in my life where, man, I just did that again. I just lost my temper or I just did and yet I know it's wrong and I don't want to do it and I plead with God to help me, give me the strength to not do it again, I confess it. That means, yes, it was sin, but I don't love it more than God, clearly, because I don't want to do it. I want to follow God. How do you know if your sin is a pet sin, that's what we call it, right, that you actually love more than God? Well, one, you avoid it, meaning talking about it. If anyone calls you on it, you, you, you get very defensive, right? It's like, 
your little pet, pet child, you know, over here, and, and you don't want anyone messing with it. Um, you make excuses for it. Well, this is why I need to do this. I have to. I need to relax, or I need to, right? And you make excuses for it. That's usually a good indicator if you love that sin more than you love God, is the level of struggle and desire you have for God to knock it out of your life. Okay? That's, to me, the, the signs. Um, that, and, and the amount of struggle is the biggest sign. Okay, second question. How, do you, how can you tell? This is, this is a great question, but kind of like, Wow. How can you tell if your pastor is possibly involved with some type of occult practices? What are some behavior signs? Your pastor? Wow, man. Um, hopefully you're not talking about me. I don't think you are. I have my own issues, but like we all do. The occult practices are not them. I've preached a six-week sermon series against the occult. Not many pastors do that. I plan to do another one, probably a little shorter, at some time in the future, because it's so prevalent. The occult, which you may not know what that is, um, so that's very important to know what the occult is. It's very, very accepted in society today. Things like, um, I heard LeBron James, famous basketball player, when the, the uh, several weeks ago when the, uh, or whatever weeks, about a month ago or so, when the Christmas star was, you know, on social media, he's like, oh, I'll look at it and gain the balance and energy from the universe and, and all, all this language that I'm like, it frustrates me to be honest because it's like you want the things that God provides, but you don't want to actually be accountable to God. The universe is not God and it's not giving you anything. God created the universe and there is balance in the universe because God did it that way. And there is order and there is, right? There is because God did it that way, right? So, so the occult kind of taps into those types of things, energy and that kind of stuff. And usually that's um, any power that comes from that is not God's power. That is power from satanic power. And so therefore it's not good and we shouldn't be a part of it. So this question specifically seems to wonder if your pastor is involved. So a few things. Um, your pastor is no different than any other Christian brother or sister who might be in your life if you suspect of some. Now, sure, a pastor can do a lot more damage because he's a pastor. Uh, he's leading a church. So I'm not saying it's not more damaging than maybe just, you know, anyone in the pew. But as far as the signs of it and what you should do about it really don't change. Um, so the first thing you, you really need to do is you want to make sure you know what the occult is. I just gave you a two-minute explanation a minute ago, but um, there's books on it, there's articles, you can look it up. You gotta make sure, because there's, there's a lot to the occult, and there's a lot of different, you know, witchcraft, it's a whole other, you know, there's a lot of this stuff. So make sure you know what the occult is, don't just assume you know, um, before you start accusing someone of being a part of it, um, things like yoga, energy stones, witchcraft, as I said, all of that are part of the occult. Um, now, some say it's, so once you learn that, now some say it's not a big deal, uh, but God was very hard on the occult in the Bible. This is not, it's called New Age, right? It's nothing new about it. It's been around since <laughs> sin has been around and rebellion to God. And God, many places in scripture, you can just Google it, like uh, verses on the occult, and it'll pop up, a whole list of them, where God said, he, you should be killed. I mean, he was harsh on it. He was also very harsh on divided interests. Those who, his people, especially in the Old Testament, they say, I follow God, I celebrate God, but I also follow Baal, or I follow this and God was like no 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 I am God and that's it so as Christians we should not some say oh it's no big deal to to to, to kind of look at the force of the universe and have energy stones and, and and chant things during yoga and also be a Christian it is a very big deal because it's a very big deal to God right one or the other choose wow motorcycle choose this day 
Okay, choose this day. So um, once you're familiar with the occult, um, and and so you kind of know, you, you then look at the behavior of pastor, maybe the things that, that he says, uh, and you, if you are still confused, you're not really sure, and you suspect it for whatever reason, just like anybody else, you kindly ask them questions. Like, hey, pastor, what do you think about, you know, this aspect of the occult or whatever? And see what he says. And if he embraces it or he thinks it's perfectly fine, then, again, with kindness, but you need to challenge that person. And if it's your pastor or it's just the person next to you in the pew or in your small group, you should challenge them. Hey, this isn't good for you. Here's where the Bible says about it, right? Now, if it all come, washes out, your pastor is very much in the occult, um, and you go to the leadership of your church, whatever that might be, and they don't care or not willing to do anything about it, then it's time to find a new church. Your pastor should absolutely not be venturing into the occult, right? Okay. Good question. Thank you very, very much. Let me just uh, get this one last one. Um, why are the Magi only mentioned in Matthew? Again, a Christmas one. It seems to me that their journey in the baby Jesus uh, and their arrivals of much, of much significance. It absolutely is. That's why it's in the Bible, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened around Jesus' birth that's not in the Bible. So that one's of a significance, right? There's really two, when you think about it, right? There's four Gospels. Mark doesn't talk about Jesus as a baby at all. He starts right as an adult. Um, the Gospel of John is a view from heaven. It's just sort of the, the word becomes flesh, right? The light into the darkness, but doesn't give us any of our kind of Christmas accounts with the baby Jesus. It really comes from Luke and Matthew. That's it, right? And so a lot of that comes from source material. Where did Luke get his source? Where did Matthew? And we could get into all of that, right? But they also had their intention of, uh, of why did I include this versus that? They each had their own audience. Yes, we have them in our Bibles today, but Luke wrote to primarily Gentiles or non-Jews. Okay, he, it, it, that was his sort of intention. And so it reads a little bit differently, puts it a little bit differently than Matthew did because that's his audience, right? If, just like if I were to preach in a church full of Christians versus preach at a school where I know most of the students uh, are not Christians, I'm going to do it differently, right? Different audience. Uh, I'm still going to share the truth, but I'm going to do it a little bit differently. So, the, um, the Matthew was typically to Jewish Christians, right? And he was trying to help them to understand that the Messiah was always meant, yes, for them, but also for all of the nations, right? That it wasn't just for Jews, that he came for them to then bless all the nations, so Gentiles as well, right? And so the story of the Magi really crystallizes that from day one, the star appeared to foreigners or non-Jews and they came to Christ. So that's why Matthew included it, and it's still really important for us today, but Luke didn't because Gentiles didn't really understand the significance of Jews versus Gentiles when it came to Jesus, so Luke didn't really see it as important. He included other things. Great question. Keep them coming. CornerstoneBV.org. Go to ask. Give us your questions. Also sign up for a church service this weekend, 5 o'clock Saturday, 9 or 11 on Sunday. Also our live stream. Join us from home. Uh, if you're still uncomfortable coming to church, we understand. We'd love to have you join us from home 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Just go to our website. It'll be easy from there. God bless. Talk to you soon.